Hello. Hey, hello. <laughs> All right. Are you ready for this? I'm so, so okay. ready. I have to say, I chose these stories while Halloween was a good time, you know, but also... Yeah. I may have told you this, but at Jack at the school library, Jack got a book of Washington Irving short stories, which are way mm. over his head. And he said, Mommy, I mostly got these for you to read. And That's I was so like, sweet. oh, okay, buddy, I'll read them. I'll read them. <laughs> yeah. And I think I don't know if he said for your podcast or if I was like, uh-huh. okay, I'll read them for the podcast. So I felt like I needed to honor that and right, read them. Right. But now I'm glad I did, especially yeah, after my research too. about washington irving yeah, because you sent me some tantalizing um, <laughs> you just said i have some you know gems for you okay well share. yeah the and one, i've been on the edge of my seat well the one thing that i have to share actually turns out that i have even more gems than that oh my goodness <laughs> because okay. i i literally just spent like 45 minutes just reading wikipedia entries just now and yeah. it was really way more interesting than i expected so well, Let's that's see. exciting. Let me tell you some about yeah Washington Irving. So, um, I mean, I started off just scribbling down a few notes, and I have like two index cards front and back. So I'll try Ooh. to keep it short. But I just it's found official. his uh, life really fascinating. So okay, great. Um, let's see. His parents were Scottish and English. His f- mother, mother, mm-hmm. father, and mother, respectively, I think. And then they moved to America before he was born and settled in Manhattan. And they were like a merchant family. I don't know what their business was, but they were, you know, fairly prosperous. They had 11 children. Um, Three of them died in infancy or childhood. Mm -hmm. Washington was the last one born. And he was um, born in 1783. So can you guess why his name was Washington? Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um. Let's see a few other. Oh, he went. He met General Washington, George Washington, when what? he was six. Um, oh, whoa! On some tour his... that George Washington okay. did and came into uh-huh. town. I, I don't know. I don't think it was related to his name being named after him, but I'm sure there were many children named after George right, Washington. Right, right. Seems like in it. that era. So he's just mm-hmm. you know one of the ones who happened to become famous. Um, yeah. He so he lived in Manhattan. Um, you know, born and raised, but yeah. there was once one year when he was about 14 that there was a outbreak of yellow fever in Manhattan and he oh. was sent off to live in Terrytown, New York with his cousins or some relatives. So that, you know, that was, you know, as like safer from uh-huh. the um, plague and yeah. or the epidemic. And so that was kind of his exposure to that setting of Terrytown and Sleepy Hollow because there was a little community there in the country. Yes, it's actually okay. Now it's like it's kind of you know how like New York has that little like stem that comes down and is like Manhattan and Long Island kind of. Yeah. Hey, buddy. Okay, I can clip your toenail tomorrow. Okay, I can't clip. I can't clip it right now. You need to go to sleep. What's this? This is my microphone recording. Can you say hey, Aunt Mary? Hi, hey, Mary. Hey. <laughs> what are you up to? <laughs> like, what are you up to? You're staying up too late is what you're doing. Mm. Good night. I love you. Okay, sorry. <laughs> um, so, yeah, anyway, Terrytown is, you know, it's still there. And then there is a little 
small village. I mean, at that time it was a village, you know, in the, a rural sure. setting. Now it's right urban or, or really suburban, I think. Um, okay. But there's a town called North Terrytown, which kind of was nicknamed Sleepy Hollow. Okay. 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 Um, cool. Zooming ahead to the modern day, they actually have. Mm-hmm. I think in the in 1996, they have North Terrytown officially changed their name to Sleepy Hollow. Um, so now there is a town mm-hmm. called Sleepy Hollow, New York. Um, okay, some other things. So he he didn't really love school, but he was clever. And he but when he was age 18, 19, he started writing like these sort of observational sketches and they were published in newspapers. And he had a pen name. I can't remember what his pen name was, but um, uh, it, he didn't really use his real name usually. He he almost had like a persona, okay. you know, and he would... Sit. He went by George Washington. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't. I, I don't remember what it was. But, um, well, maybe it was... Oh, I think it was maybe Dietrich Knickerbocker, actually. Oh, okay. Because and Dietrich Knickerbocker comes back later in his later works. But yeah, it was, okay, I think it was Dietrich yeah. Knickerbocker. And that led to some really interesting, okay, that was a very interesting side note, but let me, I'll come back to that in a minute. So <laughs> okay. in some of the works that he, these little like short vignettes that he was writing, kind of about the history of the area and just observational about life in the area, Aaron Burr like sent some of them to his daughter Theodosia and said like, you should read this. Oh, oh um, my goodness. And... I don't know at what point in um, this was probably later in Washington Irving's life, but he was a reporter for a while. He was just kind of a general, you know, man of letters. Like he just he's actually considered yeah. the first American man of letters, like just very engaged in like, you know, writing and Authorship. writing letters yeah. and author. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, at That's one point he was a working reporter and he actually covered Burr's treason t- trial. <gasps> And there's, like, a, an account that Washington Irving wrote of kind of what Burr's face looked like on the, you know, when he was on the witness stand or whatever. Um, yeah. So I felt like in this aspect, you're kind of dropped into this, like, really interesting point of right. American history. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Good night. I love you. What are you doing? Who? Micah in two days. On Sunday? Saturday. Okay. Goodness. Um. Uh. So yeah. So when what when uh should I call him Irving? I guess when Irving was in his mid twenties, he was engaged to a seventeen year old girl. I can't remember his her name, but she died unexpectedly, and he was really heartbroken by it. And he actually he lived to be almost eighty, but he never married, and he was connected romantically. Like people would kind of try to set him up. There's not a lot of information about his personal life, but. He uh-huh. did write, like, even maybe a decade after her death, like, I, like about his grief. And he was just overcome with grief. And he, oh he said, goodness. her her face is always before me. I dream of her often. Like, he just was really... Oh, that's so sad. I know. Um, and so coming a few years on after that, um, the War of 1812, again, I don't know what his family's business was, but mm-hmm. it was really disastrous for their family business like it went bankrupt and so he went off to europe you know he's like the youngest son i'm sure his brothers were in you know involved in the business but he went off to europe to try to help i was a little unclear about how his going to europe would help the business but something about yeah drumming up new business like you know contacts or 
Okay. I, I don't know. He just sort of went off to seek his fortunes. and Maybe he's like a spy, like a, like a war spy. <laughs> no, well, he actually went know. in 1814 so or 15, oh, okay. so I, I think the war is probably mm-hmm. over by then. But yeah, uh, I like that theory. Well, it's never hurts to go to Europe. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, and his, like his, you remember his parents were from great britain his one of his yeah. older sisters was married and lived there so he was it wasn't like oh, a okay. you know i think maybe the ties between the old and the new world were still like pretty fairly strong, strong. um okay. okay going back to the really briefly the knickerbocker thing okay yeah, yeah dietrich knickerbocker that was the narrator of these early sketches that he wrote he got that name okay. from a friend who that was his last name was knickerbocker this okay. friend okay. got his name from his father or grandfather who had immigrated from um holland the netherlands okay and when he came to america he had a very traditional like um last name you know dutch last name but apparently he invented the last name knickerbocker just it's, it doesn't <laughs> mean like anything it's just like it's just like no way. nonsense syllables basically yeah and then oh, funny. and then that you know was passed on to his children and then washington irving knew a guy named knickerbocker and then he that name became famous dietrich knickerbocker as this sort of commentator on life in new york and mm-hmm. uh, then Dietrich Knickerbocker became like a sort of pseudonym for any, that's not the right word, but like a sort of a nickname for anybody from Manhattan. You know, like know. you're a right. Knickerbocker if you're from Manhattan, right? And then okay. one of the early like sports teams in Manhattan was called the Knickerbockers. Uh, and that's why we have the New, the New York Knicks. The New York Knicks. Right. I just watched a Knicks game. Right. So that's I'm all because that's of, crazy. I mean, Washington Irving and this friend whose dad invented this name and the pants, the short Dutch pants that he describes in this, in these stories that those mm-hmm. are named mm-hmm. Knickerbockers are sometimes called Knickers From that. after this. Yeah. What? Right. What? 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 It that's all like crazy. when I think, I think what I read well, Dietrich Knickerbocker in this story, I just assumed that, like, he's named after the pants. But no, the pants yeah, are named like after him. kind of like a funny... That's, right. Isn't that amazing? That's power right, right? there. Re- yeah, 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 it really is. And I feel like Washington Irving's whole story is like that. Like, he's just... Mm-hmm. He just happens at the right time where <laughs> yeah. he's just v- really influential. Um, okay, so I thought that was super fascinating. That's Oh, okay, no, no, sorry. Yeah. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I know I'm just going on. Another thing about this. <laughs> no, that's good. Remember how I said he like, well, okay, he started writing. I think that his first major work was in 1809. And that was when his, that was when the Dietrich Knickerbarker character kind of like came to the forefront. I don't know. Okay. Anyway, um, mm-hmm. the details about that. But the way that he got that a lot of people to read that book and it became so popular was he, he did a hoax in the newspapers. He he <laughs> said that like somebody has been st- like it, basically he he like planted these false reports of this oh. historian from England or Germany. I don't know. Dietrich Knickerbocker mm-hmm. has gone missing from our hotel, and it became a. And, but and the the people the the person it was like a friend writing through his, if anyone has seen my friend Dietrich mm-hmm. Knickerbocker let me know you know I haven't heard from him and if he doesn't return by a certain date I'm going to publish this manuscript he left behind and so then this Ooh. story became like picked up by the newspapers and they and it was like they thought it was trending in the newspapers like <laughs> as it you know and it was like All across it was like what is going on with Dietrich Dietrich Knickerbocker where is he you know is and he? then finally then he published it and everyone was like oh the manuscript of Dietrich Knickerbocker it's you here. know and it became like instantly super successful 
can't you just imagine him like just chuckling? Yes, you know, I know. Like, at his desk, like you sheep. I know. Right? I and I didn't get like in a lot of my reading, I didn't get a sense of his like really personality, but. Mm-hmm, I feel mm-hmm. like it comes through a little bit in that story. Yeah. Um, I feel like, and even his, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like he was kind of a, a goofy guy. Yeah. Yeah, he, he definitely had, like, a playful spirit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and yet he did, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So he, then he traveled, like, when he was in, he spent, he went on, once he left after the war, he spent 17 years in Europe. Oh, and wow. he, um, and so he was about in his, like, early 30s i think or late 20s early 30s when he left and he mm-hmm. he was in his mid 30s when he published um what was called this typically called the sketches or the sketchbook but it's called the sketchbook of jeffrey crayon like the wax writing utensil okay. and jeffrey uh-huh. crayon is another like character narrator where okay. he kind of he is jeffrey crayon but jeffrey crayon has like a different person you know he kind of like Right. Is this sort of persona, and he stitches all the, you know, pieces of the different stories together. Yeah. Um, one of those stories was Rip Van Winkle, which he said he composed overnight while staying at his sister's house. He just, like, sat down and wrote it all. Oh, and wow. it maybe both both that one and Sleepy Hollow, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, which they were published serially. So they, they came out okay. in installments. So, like, that's why I said they were both published in the sketchbook. But on like the podcast, I said nineteen or eighteen nineteen and eighteen twenty because they came out in a serial edition. So like, okay. So but then was, later they yeah. were all compiled into the same book. But pretty much right away, okay. those two out of the thirty three, those two rose to the top as like the finest, huh. like, like the finest oh, sketches. But out of the thirty three, only five of them were focused on America, like set in America. A lot uh-huh. of them were in England and in Europe and. A lot of them were, especially these two, are thought to have been influenced by German folk tales. Yeah, And okay. there's many examples of headless horsemen in literature from around the yeah. around Europe, at least. Um, and you, they're kind of seen as like a a portent of doom, if you will. Yeah. Um, okay. So he was kind of like Americanizing. Yes. These. Exactly. And European yeah, and he actually got some criticism in in America because oh really, not necessarily for the content of that, but his American the American readers saw him as somewhat of like a not a traitor in the sense of the word, but like a a Native American son who had gone off to England, and they said they're he's writing about America for English people, like his intended audience is not oh, Americans, oh. and that. Okay, that kind of followed him during his time abroad. And I mean, mm-hmm. and then the English, the English literary community, which he was a part of, was pretty skeptical of his abilities as a sort of a successful <laughs> writer because he was American. And he kind of proved them okay. wrong. And they were, you know, like, wow, he's and they like I wrote down a quote, an upstart American who dared to write English well. So he was kind of like this oh. surprising example of this, you know, relatively backwoods person who. Right. can handle the english language um that's really interesting yeah. hmm. kind of a something we haven't seen in any of the authors that we've read so far yeah i think it is because like i mean we've we've read a lot of british authors but also yeah, poe was a little I, later in america yeah, and I'm gonna say i feel like irving kind of maybe paved the yes, way for definitely po to be who he was and yes because he was like wasn't he the first 
American author to live solely off well, of his. That's what the Poe article said, didn't it? But this said that Irving was the first one, so I don't know. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, maybe I mean, Irving I, had some yeah, family yeah, money yeah. or something. I don't know. Um, yeah, but they were both, you know, like they both wrote for newspapers. Yes, they they, they feel like very similar. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Kind of lifestyles in a way, although. I get the sense of Washington Irving as a sort of, in general, more stable person than Poe. Like, (laughs) I can see in his, I mean, his writing even feels more like plodding and stolid. Yeah. But his life, even, yeah, yeah, what comes later in his life is kind of more boring. Yeah, just traditional. But not that that's a bad thing. Yeah, Yeah. and he was, you know, maybe Um, thirty years before Poe, something like that. So. Right. Right. Yeah. There were some things as I was listening to the stories that mm. I thought, oh, that that was a very Poe kind mm. of description of something. And then I was like, well, no, 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 wait. <laughs> Poe would have been, I guess, if there's any connection copying off of or being influenced by Irving. Right. Not yeah. the other way around. Me, but yeah. Um, okay. I'm not going to be able to find this quote, but I read a quote earlier by Poe that, oh, okay. Yeah. I'm just paraphrased. Poe basically said, his reputation, Washington Irving's reputation, and of course he said it in much better language than I'm going to repeat it, uh-huh. is, you know, uncontestable. But if we could tease out the fact that he was just the the forerunner versus his talent, maybe more of his reputation is just because he was first. <laughs> Um, yes, and not because he was. The most, I mean, he said it in a way that doesn't. It takes a lot to be first. Yeah, I mean, so I definitely, I definitely think you're right that he paved the way for Poe, and I'm sure, in some ways, was influential to Poe. Although, you know, as we see in the Legend of Sleepy Hollow, to my disappointment, honestly, it, his, <laughs> the story is really not that creepy. It the themes are True. more of like sort of community and social standing yeah. and. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. tradition, you know, versus right. progress, right. and Poe, I feel like, definitely took that and dialed the the creepiness and dialed it the way up, which up. I yeah. appreciate. Like the I phantasmagoric. Yes, I yeah. honestly was hoping yes. for more of that from more some creepy. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I was familiar with the story of Rip Van Winkle. I think I've read that short story before, and then I. Yeah had never read the legend of sleepy hollow but you know you're familiar with us like in the culture and i just really wanted it to be like spine tingling yeah and yeah. i uh, i go ahead what did it, you think it doesn't it didn't get there well i liked yeah it wasn't it wasn't creepy it wasn't creepy like Poe's stuff is creepy at all but i liked that um it was kind of both stories were kind of like urban legend mm-hmm. kind of and myth sort of things like do you, you know, is this stuff real? It, we could live in a world in which this stuff actually, like, these mm-hmm. things exist that, that are kind of outside the norm, like, I guess, paranormal. Right, or, right. or, I mean, not necessarily that, but, um, and I, personally, I think that stuff is pretty fun. Mm-hmm. And, it, and so this was, like, a historical kind of, just, um... Oh yes, it goes back to folk stories yeah, too, definitely. and, and folk folklore, mm-hmm. and kind of putting that in the American context mm-hmm. was was fun. Yeah, I thought, and it's it's it almost feels like American, but not American because it's so. It, it I both of these stories so heavily draw on the Dutch nature of right. right. Did you get ma- the um, devil and the belfry vibes from it? <laughs> um, <laughs> 
A little bit. Vanto. <laughs> <laughs> What time is it? Yeah, so why were they、um, both set in kind of like Dutch? Well, that's a good question.、Settings. Well, I mean, it's because, it's because New York was a Dutch colony first. And so the.、Yeah. the um, I think he's just sort of commenting on the Dutch culture of the area. And that's what、mm-hmm. he had, I guess, he had experienced in Terrytown. I guess. And he okay, just was、yeah. kind of. I feel like something he does like. is like, like if Poe dials the creepiness up, I feel like,、um, or, you know, the.、Mm-hmm. Whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Yeah.、Um, I feel like <laughs> Irving dials up the, the cultural. Uniquenesses yeah, yeah. and like it's、mm-hmm. almost like a a、the、parody almost, but it's like it's like a he comments on the way the culture is by just exaggerating it. I guess is what I'm saying.、Mm-hmm. I, I mean, these are、yeah. honestly the only two stories I've ever read by him. But I just from what I read about he, it seems like a lot、yeah. of his works were kind of you know almost like situation. Not I don't know if you want to say situational, but like、mm-hmm. cultural comedy. Very place yes, based, yes. kind of. And yeah, community like they based. They didn't take place and, in another type、exactly. of community. Yeah, the yeah. community is very I, s- central to the story. Yeah. Yeah. They felt kind of、um, not otherworldly, but like kind of ancient、mm-hmm. almost in the way. But then some of it was kind of jarring, like in Rip Van Winkle when he comes back and it's the, like election day, yeah, I guess. Yeah. And in the middle of an, like, a big、yeah. American presidential、mm-hmm. election. Is that kind of, is that what it was? I think、Did、so, I yeah. Hear that. Okay. That was kind of.、Um, kind yeah, of I thought that was interesting coming on the heels of our Dayboy and the Night Girl discussion about, like, is there a main point that an author is trying to make? You know, if,、uh-huh. is, it, is, is, it, is it just a story or is there something? And、mm-hmm. I mean, I think Rip Van Winkle is just a story, but I also, when I was reading that, I thought, I wonder if. A point he's trying to sort of illustrate is that, because, you know, I think 20 years later was about,、um, like, contemporary for when it was published. Okay. Approximately. Yeah, maybe yeah. a little, maybe it was more like 30 years earlier. But was it kind of like, we, we've come so far, you know, like 30 years ago, 20 years ago, we didn't even have a country. Like, Or, I mean, we barely had a country, and now, like, we're, it's just politics is kind of like routine, and, you know, I, it was just,、yeah. just the, just、yeah. someone, you know, basically time traveling 20 years into the future, into his future was just kind of an interesting,、right. like, focus on the changes、mm-hmm. of early America, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah.、Um, yeah, definitely different than, like, what I would. It's just different than what we think of as American. Right, it is, yeah. But it's, but you know, I guess to them, like, that was, that was American history, like, American history that yeah, long at that point.、Yeah. And so it's interesting, just the, the Dutch thing is con- very connected to the colonial history. And then the whole Henrik Hudson is connected to the, you know, early、right. uh, exploration. And then you have the Hessian. Yeah. Soldier, which yes, is connected to the、yeah. actual Revolutionary War. So it's int- and yeah, I, I feel like you definitely、yeah. got that American、mm-hmm. place sense.、Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the, the, the blending of cultures、mm-hmm. and yeah. Yeah, and like you said, like that, you, could, you don't have that exact same blending of cultures anywhere else. So 
it, right. it is very right. specific to that general location. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, I was going to talk about the story kind of later on. Um, so I, yeah. So we kind of skipped ahead to that. And I want to tell you a little bit more about his life, <laughs> actually slightly. Sure, sure. Because it continues okay. to be interesting. Um, while he lived in England, he was like part of the literary, um, you know, society. Like all these writers were. They all yeah. okay. were friends with each other, right. apparently. Right. Sure. And a friend, a, a mutual friend told him at one point that Mary Wollstonecraft Shelley was interested in him romantically, but he never, oh, okay. he never pursued it at all. Um, wow. Missed I opportunity. Well, I guess he was still heartbroken over. Who was it? Yeah. Pseudo Katrina, yeah. whatever. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he lived in Spain for a while. And while he was in Spain, he wrote, a, he, he gained access to a bunch of like diplomatic records of like all the, all the documents and the papers of all this American diplomats to Spain for the since th- there had been that thing or something, and so he started okay, like okay. becoming interested in Spanish history, and he ended up writing some some actual like history works, and they were oh, wow. like his one of Christopher Columbus. It said it now would be called romantic fiction because he like used historical elements, but he also added some fictional things to kind of sharpen the story. But one of the things he huh. added was that. Columbus proved the earth was round, which was not true. Columbus did not think the world was flat. The The common idea at the time was not that the world was flat, but it's actually from that work of Irving's that that myth becomes promulgated. So yeah, again, right. he's really influential in that way. Um, he was a diplomat in London for a while, and then he actually went back to America and he traveled out west. This is like in the more the like probably 18... 40s-ish. He spent maybe 12 years in America, and one of the reasons he traveled out west and he wrote this like series of Western works, which people didn't like as much as his other works, but he really cared about being seen as an American writer, but he hadn't spent huh. very much time in America recently. So he <laughs> fair, so fair. he went back and kind of reestablished his, you know, connections and his American credentials and followed a friend out west, and then he wrote like this book kind of with the name of a friend, like this sort of imaginary. I mean, not imaginary, but, you know, fictional version of his friend's life. And um, mm-hmm. then he he bought a house in Terrytown, um, which he called Sunnyside, and it was in disrepair. And he spent basically the rest of his life and apparently a lot of his money repairing it and fixing it up. But then in this way, it seems very different from Poe. That's what I was thinking of is that Poe, okay. like, I don't know, Poe just seems to have had a more stormy life. Like some of the yeah, later yeah. figures we see, like Hemingway and um, mm-hmm. Fitzgerald, whereas um, Irving just seems to have, you know, he he was definitely engaged yeah. with, a, like, he kept up a vast correspondence. There are many people who he corresponded with for, like, his entire life, but he just, like, he bought himself a house and he worked on he fixing it up thing. and, like, he, he, he invested right. in that community. He did end up going back to... Spain later in his life as like a, a minister diplomat to Spain but he came back to America and he he became like a kind of a go-to for many young American authors who were you know seeking advice or entry into the field okay. you know um and then he became like Rip Van Winkle, like old <laughs> yeah Rip Van yeah exactly <laughs> I imagine him like sitting on top of like a 
Catskill Mountain <laughs> or something. Like people like trudge up there and ask him. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, so the the Terrytown area is not the Catskill Mountain area. That's further west. Yeah, and, but anyway, but yeah. You can imagine that yeah. if you want to. That would be totally fine. Okay, yeah. thank you. Um, <laughs> he became in the 1840s and 50s like a champion for copyright law in America because he had been uh-huh. really, um, you know, piracy is not a victimless crime, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> if I've heard it once, I've heard That's it a right. thousand times. That way. And uh, <laughs> he, but that, but really he had continually dealt with like basically bootlegged versions of his works being sold and then he wouldn't receive any profit from it. And he just saw that as a big problem wow. for young au- for authors because yeah. he wanted it to be like people to be able to make a living as a, a writer. Profession. Yeah. Yeah. And so he championed wow. that. And I mean, he, he knew a lot of presidents, so he probably had a lot of sway. Like he was actually pretty good friends yeah. with Martin Van Buren, the Dutch connection, like, mm-hmm. um, or at least I don't know if I want to say good friends, but he was like, connected yeah. with, with him they probably um now. he yeah. i didn't read a ton about this but he became the executor of john jacob astor's estate i think i'm saying that right oh and wow. mm-hmm. as part of that he founded helped to found the astor library in new york which became okay. is like a precursor of the new york public library so talk mm-hmm. about like neat. american really man cool. of letters i mean he yeah, still yeah, had his yeah. hand in bringing kind of like a to founding people. father of yeah totally the, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. um longfellow wrote an an epitaph for his grave um mm-hmm. which i thought was you know mm-hmm. just another name drop mm-hmm. um there you go yeah here's my quote from poe irving is much overrated um <laughs> okay he um I'm sorry. I just have so much I have to tell you. I love learning things and then telling yeah. people about them. That's really my favorite thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I love um, well, listening to them from people. Thank you for listening. I actually no. I love um, uh, yeah, t- recounting the story of a thing. Like if I've watched a movie yeah. or read a book, I want to like tell about it the whole the whole thing, thing immediately to someone in really like <laughs> a bad way. Like I, I'm not a good. I don't get the story out there well but i just want to share yeah. it with play by play yeah yeah, yeah. that really that yeah. really annoys okay. jeremy he's like okay con- condensed version <laughs> i don't need to hear all the details I'm like but that's the i need to yeah. need to process it's, this it's... <laughs> well that's yeah. what i'm doing okay. to you so um i don't know if these are in a, any particular order but um let's see jeffrey Cran. i mentioned that like his other pseudonym other than uh um or her sort of pin name was uh, yeah. Jeffrey Crayon, like Dietrich Knickerbocker was early, Jeffrey Crayon was later, and um, in the Mill on the Floss by George Eliot, which we've talked about reading for uh-huh. the podcast, there's a right. there's a favorable comparison between, I think Sir Walter Scott's books, which are like the Waverly books, you know, that are like, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Washington sure. Irving's books, or and jo- Jeffrey Crayon, and like one of the characters in Mill on the Floss is like, I really like reading Jeffrey Crayon's books a lot better, or something. <laughs> um, <laughs> which I thought was great, and uh, yeah, and he was actually subtle, but... <laughs> he was he was friends with Walter Scott, of course. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. Some more sort of real life connections. There was apparently in the Sleepy Hollow, remember North Terrytown, nicknamed Sleepy Hollow area. There was a real family named Van Tassel, and they supposedly found. The body of a hessian a headless body of a hessian trooper there 
What? And after this one sort of skirmish in the war, I didn't really follow all the like strategy and what led kind of the like sequence of events that led this. But there's sort of a a battle that drove some of the Hessian troopers into this area and then they got driven back out. But then later the Van Tassels found supposedly maybe this headless body. So that was kind of a local legend. And then there's also. Yeah. Okay. I think that stuff is so cool. Like the thing about these myths that people say, okay, that could never happen. They're almost always rooted Mm -hmm. in something that actually happened. Everyone agrees like actually happened and whether or not things continue after that is up for debate. But it's just interesting how they are, yeah, are often. Yeah, it doesn't come out of a... You know, they come out of something Right, that's it just true. doesn't yeah, come out of nowhere. Real. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's like I always tell Beth, I only believe the conspiracy theories that are true. <laughs> you know, like I only believe the myths that are actually true. <laughs> that's right, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's yeah, really yeah. easy to tell, too. I mean, it's, it's just... just... Exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, um, continue. Well, that's really all I had about that. The name Ichabod Crane, which I just think is a very striking name very memorable um there was actually an american army officer a captain named ichabod crane real life person and that's (laughs) where he got the name and ichabod means like god's wrath or something and it's a biblical name it's like Uh, one of the names of a of a prophet's son like samuel's son or eli somebody's son and uh so that was where the name came from but there's a uh Washington Irving had a lifelong friend named Jesse Merwin, who was a school teacher in this rural area. And that's like the sort of the model of Ichabod Crane, the character, even though he didn't use his name, he used an entirely different name. And Martin Van Buren actually like wrote a letter and like attested like with his signature to the fact that this person, Jesse Merwin, is the life model of um, Ichabod Crane. And Interesting. um, yeah, okay. <laughs> Sorry, I have more. He was the first person <laughs> to use the term Gotham for New York City. I don't know where he got that name, what? but that that nickname oh for New York goodness. City came about, or it came out in that first Dietrich Knickerbocker collection in 1809. Um, and then... That's Yeah, and I don't know. I would like to know where he I got that like- name. Yeah, yeah, that would be really interesting. Gotham. I don't know if it's yeah. like a Dutch influence, like some of these other ones were, but I don't know if I don't know if uh, many of his other stories actually okay. have much of a Dutch. I really don't know. Oh, I mean, Dietrich Knickerbocker obviously is a Dutch name, so they they have to have some, right? But I, I don't know. Yeah, I would be interested to know how much. Are most of his other stories set in like the Terrytown, New York I area? Don't... Oh, no, you said a lot of them are set in. Well, in the ones that he wrote when he was abroad, most of them are not set in America. But the Dietrich Knickerbocker okay. ones, I believe those are all set in America. They are. Yeah. Okay. Or okay. mostly. Um, okay. I th- <laughs> Three more things. Sorry. And then we can actually talk about the story. <laughs> We've only been doing this for 35 minutes. <laughs> no, this minutes. is all. <laughs> Four more things. Sorry. Share it. <laughs> She thought I'm in trouble. <laughs> Five more things. No, okay, just kidding. Um, <laughs> our what we typically think of as like our our Christmas traditions in America, largely are 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 heavily influenced by his sketchbook by Jeffrey um, Crayon, because Crayon, he okay. wrote a lot of those stories. I mean, probably even more of those stories that are set in, than are set in America are set in like British Christmas time. 
okay, Americans okay. didn't celebrate Christmas very much. But he's like, he spent several cozy British country Christmases with like lots of these sort of old world traditions. Okay. And he wrote about them mm. as well as introducing some sort of supernatural element. So like Santa and his sleigh flying and oh, okay. mistletoe, huh. like mistletoe was unheard of except in like, you know, old England, whatever. And so he, yeah. um, so like he kind of reintroduced mistletoe or introduced it to America. Um, and just sort of this general sense of like cozy Christmas time and all that. That was, I mean, you know, they taught like huh. Charles Dickens huh. has said the, the man who made Christmas or whatever, but apparently Washington right, Irving right. was influential in that as well. Um, uh-huh, there is a uh-huh. series that started to come out in the 1940s of famous American stamps, not childhood of famous okay. Americans, just famous right, Americans. Right. And he was just, the first person featured uh-huh. in 1940. Uh, um, there's, I just feel like he's such an, this is gonna, this is so, <laughs> I'm embarrassed to say this, okay. but he's just an influencer, you know? Well, he was, yeah. Like, Definitely. I I know that term is has turned sour, but he definitely influenced <laughs> things. So yeah, by well, definition, yeah, let's just use it that way. He was an influence. Yeah. Um, yeah. Several towns around the country are named after him. So Irvington, New York. I think that was okay. renamed. I don't know. There's a town in Texas called Knickerbocker in Texas, which was founded by two of his nephews. And so when they moved down to Texas, they were like, let's call our town Knickerbocker. And then there's also Irving, Texas. And there's a relatively famous neighborhood in Chicago called Irving Park, which was known as Irvington and then was changed to Irving Park. And then the last, the thing that I wanted to tell you all along. Oh, my goodness. And maybe I've, I've probably built it up too much, but it's been, you know, especially the legend Sleepy Hollow has been adapted many times. In, mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. was like an early silent film with Will Rogers as a Kabod Crane in like the 20s. Oh, wow. Um, uh-huh. I think it was silent. I, I assumed it was silent, but I'm not sure. Um, and then like in the 1990s, Tim Burton, master of uh, weird, did right. a very changed story uh, oh. with Johnny Depp as a Kabod Crane. But the one that of I'm course. mostly wanting to tell you about is there is a direct, um, te- it was a tele- made-for-television movie that came mm-hmm. out in 1979-1980 starring a very young Jeff Goldblum as a Kabod Crane. <laughs> Whoa. Is this, what? can we watch it? I don't know. I found it on YouTube and it is very grainy. Um, but I did find some stills online that are better and like, <laughs> Jeff Goldblum is almost recognizable. Uh-huh. He's so young. Oh my god! And goodness. I just don't. I just don't. Jeff Goldblum himself is such a, a strange person. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. he just has a, such a unique. So right. I just feel like combining him with Ichabod Crane is just fascinating. Yeah. I'll send you. I'll send you. These I'm pictures. looking up They're, pictures. If you just Google, yeah. just Google Jeff Goldblum Ichabod, Ichabod Crane. Crane. Okay. I'm he's, imagining he's him with the of, glasses, like thick black glasses, you know? No, no he, he doesn't. doesn't. He's, yeah, he's just kind of young and handsome, yeah, honestly, but kind good. of like, yeah, wow. smiling and Okay, so I'm very, I see a picture of him on a horse with like a tri, you know, a tri, pointed. A tri yeah, yeah. hat, whatever, yeah. And then you, I, I can totally see it. Yeah. yeah. The little clip I watched, uh, I, honestly, I couldn't make out much was what was happening. Yeah. But I do notice he is wearing knickerbockers ah. or 
short fluffy pants. There we go. I'm ta- I'm taking a bunch of screenshots when I send them to you. He just his face looks so different. Yeah, he does. Of course, he's he's That's, really young. So is he? Was I guess was he not famous at this point? I don't think okay, he was. Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't know if this is what uh, this, yeah. This is what propelled but, him to. Yeah. I I don't think this was like his first thing he uh-huh. did, but I don't think he was like incredibly famous. Right. So. Wow. Um, I just thought that was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Maybe you should. We just had a redo of the woman in white, and you should come down and watch. There we go. There we go. Hey, wait, wasn't. Okay, wait. Was it something? Was there just a phrase in the Legend of of Sleepy Hollow that said that said a woman in white? Okay, I was like, I noticed that. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. I noticed that. But I think actually, I mean, I think a woman in white came out in what eighteen twenty one. Oh, so I think, or maybe eighteen no eighteen fifty. I don't know. That was Cranford. I don't know. But I think yeah, this was yeah. before that yeah. story. Well, there we um, go. There's Wilkie Collins' inspiration right there. Right there. Yeah, he was reading, and he yeah. was like, well, this guy is surprisingly good for being an American. Right, right. And then he was like, yeah. Okay. He was like, well, oh, a moment of inspiration. <laughs> That's a right. Ding. I can see the whole tale before That's me. That's right. Two girls wow. look alike. <laughs> I um, wish he had seen the tale just a little bit clearer and then written it down. <laughs> so true (laughs) um these photos are hilarious he's like the ones of his clasping his hands like in i don't know it doesn't really it doesn't really look these photos don't really look like jeff goldblum as a kabod crane they look like jeff goldblum on the set of a movie wearing a costume (laughs) being jeff goldblum yeah just (laughs) just kind of posing right Uh, like publicity shots or something yeah yeah I like the one where he's like holding onto a tree branch and looking aside. Like that mm-hmm. looks kind of scarecrowy. And he has like and the buckles that you would imagine of like like mm-hmm. on his shoes, like Pilgrim Thanksgiving. Yeah, the old fashioned. Yeah. Outfit. And yeah, his knickerbockers. Yeah. Wow. I don't know. I was just gonna look something up, but I forgot what it was. <laughs> <laughs> um, something about this. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> uh, so, I, er, um, a few minutes ago, I, um looked up the origin of the word Gotham. Can I tell you oh, what yeah. it is? Yes, please. Please do. Please do. <laughs> it, it means literally from two old English words, homestead Goat. where goats are kept. <laughs> oh, is that so, why? I, I don't know. Is that what Washington Irving was meaning? Was he like, was it kind of like a derisive, like? It, it may have been like a, like, yeah, like, um. When originally used in England, the meaning of the place named Gotham was literally homestead where goats are kept. Yeah. As nickname for New York City, first used 1807 by Washington Irving in his Salmagundi papers. Yeah. As Gotham City, name of the fictional home of Batman, first mentioned in Batman issue 4, 1940. But <laughs> but Gotham was like, you know, right. an existing nickname right. for New York right. at that point. And this also... Okay. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. This I was going to change other article... Says it's just kind of like a, an old, um, nickname for. Like um, not not nickname but insult, I guess is kind of more of a. Yeah. 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 Okay, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna turn our attention to the actual stories, and okay. we've been, spent now f- over forty minutes just talking about the history. But the man, the honestly, the legend himself. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I I actually. Felt relatively underwhelmed with the story, okay. but now after reading all the stuff, I'm like really glad to have learned it and to have read them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I feel like it makes me a more well-educated 
yeah. American. <laughs> yeah, there we go. More tied into the American literary right, tradition. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. What did you What did you think about I, the stories? I liked them. I mean, I also feel like they're if if you think about liter American literature, maybe or this like genre of literature mm-hmm. as a stair step. Maybe this was the the baseline, and then it just allowed uh-huh. things to be built on it the that, shul- he was the shoulders upon yes of, uh, that you know, you know poe and all the all the others would stand yeah um but they're uh good stories like there's so many i i had forgotten about the pumpkin like that's so yes that's so halloween yes. I, they got me in the halloween spirit i'll just say that i mean well good the yeah. pumpkin definitely did that for me yeah. too because i was like oh okay. yeah like it's almost like a trope that you yeah, yeah. have seen, right. but you're like, oh, this is the probably I, like, I thought that was that. like a cartoon movie, but no, not mm-hmm. actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it's like what we were talking about with Poe with like right. the house of the fall of the house of Usher mm-hmm. where it like breaks apart and there's a lightning storm. And I was like, like very Scooby-Doo. Yeah, yeah. And then you're like, but Scooby-Doo had to get that from somewhere. <laughs> right, so right. yeah, we're, we're tapping into this stream of exactly. inspiration that other people have <laughs> tapped into. That's right. Yeah, I um Rip Van Winkle, like I said earlier, I just kind of like the the urban myth kind of mm-hmm. um feel that it has to it. Um the, what did you think about the character of Rip Van Winkle himself? Like he's not that awesome of a guy, right? But I guess that's no, not really, yeah. I'm not supposed to love I mean him. I actually was thinking like, who am I supposed to be sympathetic mm-hmm. toward here? Mm-hmm. Because Rip obviously was <laughs> ripping through life. I mean, he just yeah. wasn't he, but like, but the narrator someone presented him as the you know the, the poor henpecked husband right. and and the hey, wife as the hey sorry Beth and Doug just <laughs> that's fine um the the wife as you know the kind of antagonist in a way. But then I'm reading it and I'm like this poor woman. I know right. You know, and so I, I definitely felt like I don't think I agree with the narrator here yeah, in his assessment yeah, yeah. of the situation. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, I was thinking like um, you can be that type of person who wants to kind of just like um, dance through life. Mm-hmm. I Like he said, like um, there's a description of the way he lives his life. I can't remember mm-hmm. exactly what the the phrase was but Mm -hmm. like he would rather um live off of like pennies than work for a pound like work hard for it yeah yeah Mm -hmm. something like that and i totally um that's kind of me in a lot of ways (laughs) it really is but you just have i feel like if that's gonna be your what you go with in life then you can't commit to other things like you you shouldn't probably like Can't have commit a, family. To a family. Yeah, like that's just yeah. should be off the table for you at that point. That's but. actually a really good point. I mean, he, yeah, he, you, by committing to having a family, you're, yeah, you should be like he should have been stepping up to work for the pound, probably. You know, yeah, yeah and just at least keep the farm up. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I I feel like his wife had a valid, yeah, definitely a valid complaint, especially since he was always going around like helping other people out. And not really doing the work at home. Now, okay, that resonated with me. I was like, oh my goodness. Uh, <laughs> toes being stepped on because I I just have a tendency to like, I want to do whatever seems interesting at the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like 
maybe start a podcast <laughs> instead of do my lesson plans mm-hmm. or grading, right, right. you know, or it's meal so planning. Fun. <laughs> right. I, yeah. I want to, I want to like, like new things seem exciting and uh-huh. different things seem yeah. interesting. And I have to use a lot of discipline to like keep up with the, the normal things. Yeah. Yeah. Because I tend to forget those in pursuit of the interesting oh, things, yeah. the things yeah. that seem fun and interesting at the right. time. So I, I felt a little you know, convicted yeah, I, I by the Rip Van Winkle lesson. story, honestly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In there for me, um, yeah. Yeah. And then, I mean, the whole I, – I feel like it was a very, like, atmospheric or, like, the, the picture he painted mm-hmm. of the going into the sort of the cleft of the mountains. I liked that yeah. part because it was – I think that had a pretty good sense of place. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it just felt very – origin story rip van winkle like right. that's kind of the story you know yeah he lies down and goes to sleep for a long time and you know yeah yeah the scene is very just... vivid yeah yeah yeah, yeah definitely mm-hmm. um what's that what's the pied piper story i was trying to remember that oh one. yeah that a... that's just a folktale i think i don't know who wrote that yeah one. i don't know like if there's a common i was thinking that's about that because yeah. i feel like there's a little bit of just the, the sort of being set in a town and sort of kind an outside of being character lured to a mm-hmm. um yeah maybe not a place yeah. but a like destiny almost mm-hmm. yeah i think that that must be and i know it's like the pied piper of hamlin and it's like a i think it's a yeah european yeah german story mm-hmm. yeah looks like interesting so overall uh, you liked the stories or <laughs> Yeah, like I said, I wish I I wanted them to be especially Sleepy Hollow. I just I have to say my expectations I think were a little too high for the creepiness uh-huh, factor. Uh-huh. I had read Rip Van Winkle before and I wasn't surprised by it. Yeah. I just you know, they're his two most popular works, famous works, and I needed a a little filler so that we could have Sleepy Hollow come out on Halloween. <laughs> yeah. Like read Rip no, Van Winkle I'm not, I'm and, then, and then I'll read Rip Van Winkle. And then I'll read Sleepy Hollow. And I was like really looking forward to that. And so I just think it, I think I had, I had like had this really hopeful idea that it was going to be just like spine tingling and just so scary. And it, it was, it was good, but you know, yeah, there was a lot more like nature description. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Social. Yeah. Like interaction description. What a description of like this, this education system and, New York yes. at the time. Yes. yes, there was a lot of, <laughs> kind of a deep dive there was a lot of that. detail. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, TBH. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to read this all tonight. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to do it. And it was, it, it was kind of tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <sighs> um, but, but I, I do like the part of the story where it's like, is this, so like, what do you think? Like Brom, is it Brom Bones? Brom Brummel? Excuse me. Yeah. He, are, we are led to believe that he basically scared a kabod crane away from Katrina. Yeah. Is that, is that I, what happened or I is it guess. left open to interpretation? I don't know. Or? I don't know. So, okay. So Ichabod Crane goes to, so how did he scare him away? I may have missed some, like. Well, the idea is that maybe it wasn't actually the apparition that appears with him on the road. Maybe it was Von Brummel. Oh, yeah. Or uh, uh, Brom Bones, like, 
pretending to be the apparition in order to freak Ichabod out, basically to play to play a prank to play a prank on him as like a you know romantic rival. Yeah. But the the result that Ichabod ran away from town and was never seen again was like turned out a happy side effect for Brom because he wanted Katrina. Yeah. But I thought that Katrina had kind of already rejected Ichabod at that point. You know, they talk and he goes away dejected. Yeah, I think maybe he hadn't given up hope yet. He seemed like a guy who was going to be real persevering. Mm -hmm. Mm Uh, I could, yeah, I didn't, yeah, yeah, I could see that for sure. I mean, I think it was actually a headless Hessian, uh, you know, soldier, but no, I'm just kidding. I don't really know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I kind of, I, I always appreciate an explanation where you think it's something supernatural, but then it's actually not, you know, there's like a real explanation. And then, you know, Ichabod Crane is portrayed as being someone who, very much believes in the supernatural and so right. maybe he was kind of primed yes, to there we go. believe in it and so Brom Bones like Use you know takes advantage means, of yeah. the fact or maybe it was the hell and I think like even in one sort of analysis of the book I read or the story I read that it Irving intentionally left it ambiguous uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, because maybe those fun. who yeah because those who are like Ichabod Crane who also believe in the supernatural can mm-hmm. think that way and then you know or it just it just keeps the mystery of the story yeah and that's bit. probably you know that's i think the the very striking physical na- description of ichabod crane as a sort of scarecrow person yeah. combined with his kind of just social outsider nature plus the you know headless horseman and then that that especially that un- inconclusive end i would guess that those are kind of the factors that have led it to be kind of prominent in mm-hmm. culture. I think that's a very astute analysis. Oh, well, thank yes. you. Uh, that actually is my own analysis. I, I, I didn't read that, that from somewhere, that so but good. I'm just thinking out loud. Yeah, yeah. Um, I even feel like, and I didn't read this anywhere, but have you ever seen The Nightmare Before Christmas? I've never seen it. Nope. Okay. I need to watch it. Well, do you, do you know... Do you know who Jack Skellington is? He's, like, the main dude. Yeah. He's just... I mean, I guess he's supposed to be, like, a skeleton. But he's very long and lanky. And it yeah. kind of... Re- that description reminded me of Ichabod Crane. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, I, can I wonder if there's, like, a, you know, influence there. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh... Anything else you want to talk about about the... Uh, I don't think so. I liked it. And I... Good. It's... Yeah. Happy Halloween to everyone. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. I guess when this comes out, Halloween will have already happened. Okay, so happy well, All Saints Day. Oh, there we go. November 1st. Good. Very good. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. I, I didn't talk to you about this beforehand, but I did want to mention if anyone listens all the way through this episode, mm-hmm. we have an email address. I stayed up late at gmail.com and you can email us book suggestions there. We would love to yes, read what you want yes, to listen to. Um, I mean, you reserve veto rights. We're not going to read something we don't want to read. But if we all can agree on something we want to read, <laughs> that's right. Um, we do books that are out of copyright or and you know slash in public domain. Mm-hmm. Two ways to say the same thing. And typically in America, that's books that were published before 1927, whose copyrights have not been renewed. Yeah. No thanks so to Washington Irving on Irving. That seriously. One. 
guy. Come Thanks. on. But Funny. we are um so it that limits us. Um but But there are you know, so many there's plenty of books out there. Yeah, yeah. There are. And also, um, we do try to do books of short to medium length and not really, really long books. <laughs> if there for are our sanity hidden... and listening sanity. Yeah, yeah. 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 If anyone has any hidden gems of books that are like a reasonable length that were published. <laughs> reasonable before length, I know. <laughs> that may be why we're tending toward the short stories lately yeah, because yeah. we've recently researched some books we were interested in and they were like 500 pages. <laughs> and I'm not doing no, thank it. You. No. <laughs> so, yeah. um, yeah, so we would love, I mean, no pressure, but it is fun. I mean, we can see on our podcast server, we can see where people are listening from and we can't see like specifics, but we can see that we've had listeners from Latvia and United Kingdom and Australia, not a lot, but people from there. And then in America, We've had some Brazil and I don't know. Do you ever look at that? I'm trying um, to think. Have we I, had somebody from every continent? I think ooh, we may yeah, have. Okay. Yeah, I don't we think have. we've had anyone from Africa, actually. Oh, really? So share this with your African friends so we can go to <laughs> yeah. all the inhabited continents. That's right. Um, but let's see. We've had, yeah, India. Um well, some little random European countries. Awesome. Um, but anyway, all that to say, it's just fun to see like your little things pop up. So we don't know. I We assume that our family is mostly the people who are listening <laughs> to this podcast. And that's mostly why we're doing it is just to sort because of share. Yeah, our, want to. Yeah, yeah, we're doing it for ourselves. Mm-hmm. But we also like we want to. I really love like when we got together last weekend mom and i talked about like persuasion for a while just as sort of a lit and i was like this i didn't say it out loud because i didn't want to like bring everything back to the podcast but i thought this is one of the reasons why i want to do this Mm -hmm. because you know i want to talk about things other than just yeah we get to share mundane commonplace we get to yeah 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 so many stories really yeah and so um, anyway, if you're listening along with us, which I, I think there are some of y'all in Idaho and like, I see a lot of <laughs> listens from Idaho. So hello out there. <laughs> to and, our Idaho um, Washington state. And I see lots in Virginia or yeah, lots of Virginia and lots in uh, Ohio. Mm. I mean, by lots, I mean, this may just be like two people, but still yeah. we appreciate you listening and we're we glad where you're following along with us. And yeah, if you want to, if there's a certain book that you want us to read to you, let us know and mm-hmm. we'll do it if we can. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yep. Yeah. Yeah. And with that. So do you want me to share what book yeah, I'm going to read next? Please do. Okay. So um, I actually have several now that I'm excited to read. Okay. Um, good. That, have, that are, yeah, on the back burner. On the docket, What's the, yeah, yeah, there we go. That's, that's a better way to say it. Um, but the one that I'm going to read next so that we can get a little bit of a variety in um, mm-hmm. origin, I guess, is... So instead of being, I stayed up late to read this book to you, this this podcast doesn't gradually become, I stayed up late to read this... Yeah, British... British book from the 1880s to you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Which is, you know, um, we were getting really close to that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to read... The Death of Ivan Illich, or Illich, I'm not, I don't actually know how to pronounce it yet, so just, I don't know, I'll figure that out. I'm sure you can, yes. Um, by Leo Tolstoy, and I'm excited for it, yeah. Yeah. Um, you've never read it. Uh, right, we talked about this before, it's 
it's not really a surprise to me. Right. But uh, yes, one reason that Mary's reading it is because I've never read it. So yeah. I'm excited about that. I think I, I think it was one of those books we could read in school, like, mm-hmm. but we didn't. Okay, to any people who are listening to us, does it come as any surprise to you that we were homeschooled? <laughs> it should, it not. should not. We were homeschooled. Yeah. yeah. And so we, you know, we, we read a lot of books. Yeah. And there were a lot of books we didn't read, but we were aware of. So Yeah. I don't remember a lot about this book, but I did read it for school. And um, it has some some deep themes in it about life's mm. biggest questions. And mm. it's... Um, yeah, well, yeah, we'll just see how we like it. Good, cool. And I, I'm excited about the Russian yeah. aspect of it. I don't know when it happens in Russia, but I read, uh, and I think Anne read it too, A Gentleman in Moscow, yeah. which is a modern okay, fiction yeah. book. It's really good. I know. But I it just, it. it like, it was so fascinating because it was a, the narrator or like the main character was a Russian who loved mm. Russia. And he just talked about his his homeland so fondly, and it was like it made me see this other side mm. of Russia. Where it was like, oh, like it's not just all nitty, like you know, gritty mm-hmm. crime and punishment, mm-hmm. and like wrestling with your soul. Well, like, there's, okay, there's this book is gonna be like that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> well, maybe, but yeah, still, yeah. Russia is yes. interesting. Yeah, and um, yeah. Cool. Well, so we're still gonna be in the 1880s, but it'll be in a different country. Oh, really? Is it the 1880s? <laughs> we can't no, we escape. Can't. <laughs> Okay, then I have chosen my next book, and I'm not going to tell you, but I don't think it's <laughs> It better not have been If it one. was. Oh <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That, it's good. We found our niche. <laughs> <laughs> okay, a- 1869 okay. in America. Okay, okay. So, you know, still in the same yeah. general area. And, but yeah, like... I plan in my next few books to go to a different, also a different kind of era in literature and also in america so so we'll see yeah there we go yeah you know what hasn't happened yet and i sort of suspect that it will i mean i guess we have been talking about the books a little ahead of time but if you are like i'm reading this one i'm like (laughs) i was gonna read that one (laughs) we i think we have thought pretty similar along the same lines several times yeah oh yeah we that one (gasps) that's right yeah 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 you're like oh i already bought it (laughs) yeah Yes. Yeah. Well, this yes, was fun. Was. Thanks for chatting. Uh, this was a long episode, but most of that was watching the <laughs> trivia for so. y'all. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. It was fascinating. Right. So, yeah. Okay. Well, I love you, I love and you. I'll talk to okay. you soon. Sounds great. Um, Thanks for reading these stories. Too. I'm looking forward to hearing about Ivan. Yeah, Ivan Ilyich, yeah. whatever, and his trauma yeah whatever leads i wonder i wonder what death. yeah i wonder what happens at the end of his life <laughs> <laughs> what happens at the end of anyone's life <laughs> well you don't know how he by dies, definition so i guess is that the tuned. main plot point like how he dies no, it's not even that exciting. okay by the way have you did you read crime and punishment no i've did never you read, read that? it no maybe i should read that one that one's like interesting mm-hmm. and dark mm-hmm. and it's kind of about like redemption okay yeah maybe you all return to that after we do kind of come back around to russia later. yeah that'd be good i'd like that Mm. all right well with that good Good night night. i love Love you. you too okay bye bye